Good Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief for Monday, July 18th, 2022. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend with you and yours, so let's start this week off right. Here's what you may have missed over the weekend. Leah Thomas, nominated by University of Pennsylvania for NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Ah, the University of Pennsylvania, a place you should never send your kids. The University of Pennsylvania nominated swimmer Leah Thomas for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award. According to an announcement from the NCAA, the University of Pennsylvania nominated the transgender athlete for the award, which recognizes female student-athletes, emphasis on female not men dressing up as charlatans. Established in 1991, the award recognizes female student-athletes who have exhausted their eligibility and distinguished themselves in their community in athletics and in academics throughout their college careers. That's the NCAA's nomination page. NCAA member schools are encouraged to celebrate their top graduating female student-athletes by nominating them for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award, the announcement reads. After member schools make their nominations, their conference can select up to two nominees. Thomas, a former swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania, won the 500-yard freestyle event at the 2022 NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships Thursday, Well, that's because he's a man. His participation in college women's swimming has brought a national debate, with some saying that he has an unfair advantage over other athletes. Well, yeah, he's a guy. By the way, this article is from Fox News. I'm kind of uh, disappointed that they're uh, using her as the, the pronouns, but we all know Fox is given in. Riley Gaines, a swimmer at the University of Kentucky who tied with Leah Thomas for fifth place at the NCAA Swimming Championships, that's just embarrassing that Leah couldn't win it all, said that a majority of females aren't okay with the trajectory of female sports. Here's the quote. The majority of us female athletes, or females in general, really are not okay with this, and they're not okay with the trajectory of this and how this is going and how it could end up in a few years, end quote, she said on the Unmuted with Marsha podcast with Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican of Tennessee. She was referring to the NCAA's refusal to change the rules in order to protect competitiveness in female sports. The University of Pennsylvania also nominated Lulia Brigslova for the award, who plays tennis at the school. Hey, speaking of playing dress-up, Judge blocks Biden admins transgender school bathroom rule for athletes. A federal judge has blocked a directive from President Joe Biden's administration that allowed transgender workers and students to use school restrooms matching their gender identities. It also allowed transgender athletes to join sports teams corresponding with their chosen genders. The directive was blocked by Judge Charles Atley Jr. of the Eastern District of Tennessee, a Trump appointee and hero. After a coalition of 20 Republican attorney generals sued last year, Reuters reported. The plaintiffs argued the federal directive clashed with the state laws and prevented states from enforcing their own laws that ban transgender school bathroom use. Judge Atlee agreed, saying in his opinion, the states cannot continue regulating pursuant to their state laws while simultaneously complying with defendants' guidance, Reuters reported. The states also argued that the Biden administration's Justice Department, the Department of Education, and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the defendants in the case, improperly justified the bathroom directive through the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in Bostock v. Clayton County. In the case, Clayton County fired a 
County employee Gerald Bostick for unbecoming behavior after he participated in a gay recreational softball league. The Supreme Court ruled in 2020 that workplace sex discrimination in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 should extend to sexual orientation and gender identity. The High Court said in its decision they were not deciding whether sex-segregated bathrooms, locker rooms, and dress codes violate Title VII. The department suggested the court's decision should be applied to sex-segregated bathrooms, but Judge Atlee disagreed. The Supreme Court in Bostick explicitly refused to decide whether sex-segregated bathrooms, locker rooms, and dress codes violate Title VII, the judge said in his opinion. That's, again, according to Reuters. Oklahoma Attorney General John O'Connor was among the plaintiffs, called the decision a major victory for women's sports and for the privacy and safety of girls and women in their school bathrooms and locker rooms, per the report. Man, I need a palate cleanser after those two stories. But I know just the thing. From our friends at Gold River Trading Co., are you tired of buying sugary drinks and coffee from large, woke corporations that hate you? Throw a tea party. Gold River Trading Co. is an American company that offers premium alternatives for Americans who enjoy a delicious cup of tea. Start your day with Gold River's invigorating American breakfast blend. Cool down with a pitcher of crisp and refreshing iced tea. Or unwind with chamomile herbal tea. Hmm. Sounds good. Explore a variety of high-quality blends and enjoy a healthy, flavorful alternative from an American company that shares your values. Go to goldriverco.com and save 10% off of all orders using discount code CROSSPOLITIC, all one word, at checkout. Again, that's goldriverco.com and 10% off of all orders using discount code CROSSPOLITIC at checkout. Now, back to the news. Let's shift focus to our southern border. More than 2 million illegal border encounters so far in fiscal 2022. More than 2 million people have been encountered or apprehended at the U.S. southern border in fiscal year 2022 through June, according to official data released by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. It's the largest number recorded in a fiscal year in U.S. history. They total at just over 2 million from over 150 countries. In June, a record 207,416 people were apprehended, the highest number recorded in June in the history of the Department of Homeland Security. The total includes those apprehended and encountered by U.S. Border Patrol and Office of Field Operations staff. They exclude gotaways. Godaways, first reported by the Center Square, which includes at least another 50,009 people. The total for June includes Godaways was 257,425, a record high for the month. Godaways is the official term used by Border Patrol to describe foreign nationals who enter the U.S. illegally and don't surrender at ports of entry but intentionally seek to evade capture from law enforcement. They are currently in the U.S., and no one in law enforcement knows who or where they are. Scary stuff. The last time encounters were nearly this high was last summer of the presidency of Bill uh, was the last summer of the presidency of Bill Clinton in June 2000, 117,469 people were encountered and apprehended. That was back in 2000. That was at the southern border excluding gotaways. In May, CBP reported the highest monthly total of apprehensions at the southern border in recorded U.S. history of 239,416 
excluding another minimum 70,793 recorded gotaways. In April, CBP reported 235,478 total encounters and apprehensions. In March, over 220,000. In February, over 160,000. In January, over 150,000. All those totals exclude gotaway data. Despite a record number of people coming to the southern border, CBP says it continues to enforce U.S. immigration law and imply consequences to those without a legal basis to remain in the U.S. Quote, Current restrictions at the U.S. border have not changed. Single adults and families encountered at the southwest border will continue to be expelled where appropriate under CDC's Title 42 order. Those who are not expelled will be processed under the long-standing Title 8 authority and placed into removal proceedings. But this isn't what's happening. Republican governors and attorney generals nationwide argue. This week, 19 AGs filed a brief with the U.S. Supreme Court in support of a lawsuit filed by Texas and Louisiana. The lawsuit was filed in response to a directive issued by DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas that drastically altered deportation policy, which the states argue contradicts federal law established by Congress and allows more people to stay in the U.S. illegally, including violent criminals. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis implemented a range of policies to combat what he describes as the Biden border crisis, including suing over the Biden administration's catch and release and other programs. Texas and Missouri have sued the administration over several border security issues, including halting border wall construction and re-implementing an Obama-era program allowing illegal immigrants to remain in the country. Texas and Arizona have implemented a range of border security measures costing their state's taxpayers a combined multiple billions of dollars to thwart criminal activity stemming from the southern border. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott says his state's law enforcement officials have confiscated enough fentanyl to kill nearly every man, woman, and child in the U.S., which is brought into Texas illegally from Mexico. Wow, there's our cheery picture from the southern border. Folks, let's take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, Accountable to You. Using a smartphone or computer opens the door to a host of digital temptations. Just like we were talking about our southern border, our phone has its own border. In a world saturated with pornography and other harmful content, what's a Christian to do? We need to take a proactive approach, welcoming transparency in our digital media choices, and Accountable to You makes that easy. Their accountability software shares detailed activity reports from all your devices and your kids' devices in real time to the accountability partners that you choose. With accountability in place, your family can effectively guard against temptations online and and live with purity and integrity. Learn more and try it free at accountable to the number 2 com slash FLF. Again, that's accountable, the number 2 U dot com slash FLF. Support those that support us. Now, for the topic that I love, sports. Gavin Newsom threatens action against UCLA due to Big Ten conference move. If you guys remember last week, I talked about how UCLA and USC were shifting from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And as a fan who loves traditional rivalries and uh, the traditions that the schools bring to each individual conference. I hate conference realignment. Heck, when Texas, or excuse me, when Texas A&M went to the SEC, I was grieved because Texas A&M and Texas were no longer going to do battle in their heated rivalry anymore. Well, guess what? Now Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. 
eventually we're going to be trending towards super conferences. I digress. Let's get to this story. Gavin Newsom continues to put himself in his favorite place to be. The news. This time he's making headlines with regards to UCLA's impending 2024 move out of the Pac-12 conference to the Big Ten. In a recent interview with Fox 11 in Los Angeles, Newsom explained how he heard about UCLA's decision and his final initial reactions to it. He specifically highlighted that UCLA did not give advance notice to the University of California System Board of Regents, saying that the negotiations were done in isolation and without their oversight or supports. Yep, the government's got to be involved in everything, folks. The full quote is even more critical, with Newsom implying he was frustrated with finding out about it in the news like everyone else. UCLA is leaving the Pac-12. I read about it. Heading to the Big Ten. I read about it. Yeah, so they didn't tell you in advance. I'm the governor. No big deal. I'm governor. State of Cal, but but maybe a bigger deal is I'm chair of the UC Regents. No one, I read about it. Is it a good idea? Did I, did we have a discuss the merits or demerits? Uh, not aware that anyone did. So it was so it was done in isolation. It was done without any regental oversight or support. It was done without any consideration, to my knowledge. Now perhaps there was deep conversation with other presidents, or rather chancellors and presidents in the system, and the impact more broadly, not just to the UCs, but to other universities, including Stanford University and basically the Berkeley system. Well, I have strong opinions about this for no other uh, reason that as a member of the regions, we were never consulted, never asked for an opinion, and then even the decency to provide head up, heads up. So trust me when I say this, we're not going to be looking into it. We already are looking into it within minutes after reading about this in the newspaper. That's right, Newsom. You're just a plebeian, just like the rest of us, finding out like we all did. For his part, Martin Jarman, the UCLA athletic director, claimed the move was mostly about increasing exposure in the NIL era by opening the school up to potentially more nationally televised games in East Coast markets. Jarman says they can now provide an enhanced opportunity for student-athletes to find their voice and their brand and what's important to them. For those of you who don't know, the NIL allows student-athletes to now uh, be paid for their image and likeness. This is something I've been arguing for for some time. But, uh, for instance, uh, Gonzaga's Drew Timmy, he's going to make $6 million this year by playing at Gonzaga, staying in school, uh, all off his image and likeness. $6 million to a college kid. Incredible. But importantly, Newsom also signaled that UCLA might not be able to pack their bags as quickly as expected. During the interview, he stated that the regents have already been looking into it with regards to potential options. UCLA has been in deep financial trouble, accruing over $100 million in debt in just the past few years. The Big Ten currently offers significant revenue advantages over the Pac-12 and undoubtedly will allow UCLA to clear up its poor finances in a quicker manner. Whether or not Newsom and the UC Board of Regents will be able to do anything to stop or slow the move remains to be seen. But it's odd that Newsom is, on one hand, claiming that there's he's a champion of freedom in California while doing his best to impede UCLA's freedom to improve their stature and financial situation. Like many who have fled the state's managerial incompetence, UCLA has found greener pastures with an organization based elsewhere. Newsom, apparently, just doesn't like losing. Newsom is crushing California's economy so hard that even his woke universities are making the most of capitalism in order to find greener pastures. Now, as a football fan, I kind of get it. The Pac-12 has done a poor job of getting the West Coast schools exposure when it comes to televised games. 
especially because the East Coast is already going to sleep during a lot of the primetime competitions for the Pac-12. Do you really think someone in the Eastern time zone is going to stay up and watch a three-and-a-half-hour football game? No, thanks. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like this show, go ahead and hit that share button for me, would you? If you want to sign up for a club membership, a magazine subscription, or sign up for our conference, you can do all of that in one place by visiting fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you'd like to become a corporate partner at CrossPolitik, we should talk. Email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and you'll be hearing from me tomorrow. Lord bless.